Yeah, yeah, Rockefeller, we invite you to something epic, you know? Where we hustle out of a sense of hopelessness, sort of a desperation. Through that desperation, we come addicted, sort of like the fiends we accustomed to serving. Where we feel we have nothing to lose, so we offer you, well... We offer our lives. What do you bring to the table? Why I'm watching every nigga watching me closely. My shit is butter for the bread they wanna toast me. I keep my head both of them where they supposed to be. Holes that get you sidetracked and clap from close feet. I don't sleep, I'm tired. I feel wired like codeine these days. A rubber got to admire me from four fiends away. My pain when shit was quick to see. From selling canes to brains with fries with fricassee. Can't lie, at the time it never bothered me. At the bar, getting my dog on properly. My squad and me, lack of respect for authority. Laughing hard, happy to be escaping poverty. However, brief, I know this game got valleys and peaks. Expectation for dips, for precipitation, we stack chips hardly. The youth I used to be, soon to see a million, no more. Big Willie, my game is grown. Refer you call me William, Illin' for revenues. Great for lemon life, Channel 7. News, round seven Jews, head dead in the mic, forgetting all I ever knew, convenient amnesia, I suggest you call my lawyer, I know the procedure, block my body, can't trap my mind, easily, explain why we adapt to crime, I'd rather die enormous than live dormant, that's how we own it, live at the main event, I better trip them out, we own it, presidential suites, my residential for the weekend, confidentially speaking in code since I sent you vegan, the NXS rental, don't be fooled, my game is mental. We both out of town, dog. What you trying to get into? Viva Las Vegas. See ya later at the crap tables. Meet me by the one for pleasant time. Sipping margaritas. is infested with sick thoughts that circle like a Lexus. If driven wrong, it's sure to hurt you. Dual level like duplexes. And unity, my crew and me commit atrocities like we got immunity. You guessed it. Manifested intangible goods. Platinum Rolexed it. We don't lease, we buy the whole car. As you should. My confederation, detonation. Explode on detonation. Overload the mind of the said patient. When it boosts the steam, it comes to it. We all fiends gotta do it. Even righteous Minds go do this, true this. The street schoolers to spend our money foolish. Bond with jewelers and watch for intruders. I stepped it up another level, meditated like a Buddhist. Recruited lieutenants with ludicrous dreams of getting cream. Let's do this. It gets tedious, so I keep one eye open like CBS. You see me stress, right? Alright, thank you everyone for joining in with me. My name is Daniel Wilson and thank you for joining in and watching and listening to The Butterfly Effect. You know, today's podcast is going to be about a celebration more than anything. Today is December 4th. 2019, you know, today's a great day. Today's podcast is going to be a celebration about one of my favorite artists, you know, and um, I'm just going to talk about Mr. Sean, Sean Carter, aka Jay Z. I'm going to talk about the inspiration, how he's affected my life and affected my choices I made and the way I think and the way I move and hope you all enjoy this podcast. It's unscripted. It's straight, straight off the dome. Me just speaking, you know, 
this I'm just doing this little podcast because you know I feel like without without this guy and the inspiration he's he's given through his music, given through through his inspirational talk, his interviews, the knowledge he's given through rap and through culture and and I'm just want to talk about that. And thank you all for joining in. You know, when I was 15 years old, um I I, that's when I was really introduced to um, to Jay Z's music. Um, when I was a kid, you know, my you know I, music has always influenced me in many ways. I grew up listening to a lot of different artists because of my aunts or my cousins, whoever they played in their car. But I remember um, my first time really listening to um, to Jay Z. Uh, I was leaving basketball practice, and my coach. Um, he was in the car. He was taking. He was taking us home, and he was like, "Hey, have you heard of? Um, do you listen to Jay Z?" I was like, "Nah, man. Like, who's that? You know what I'm saying?" Then, then he's like, "Man, you don't know who Jay Z is?" I was like, "Nah, man. Who is that?" You know. Then he played um, one of his songs. I forgot what song he played. I was like, "Oh, man, I heard that song." He was like, "Man," and my coach, you know, that's his. That's his favorite artist, and so he was playing the song. I was like. I was like, man, he all right, you know what I'm saying? He ain't all that, you know. And my coach was like, man, you tripping, you tripping. But I was like, man, he all right. But at the time, you know, he was playing some of his songs. I think he was playing um, the Black album. And um, when I was listening to him rap, I didn't understand what he was saying. You know, a lot of his bars and, and his metaphors was like, it was, I was too young to understand what he was talking about. I wasn't living the life that he was talking about. So I was like, man, I'm not going to listen to this. Like, I don't even know what he's really saying over my coach is like, man, when you get older, just, you know, since so just listen to him, you understand what he's really saying. So I said, all right, you know, then I remember me going home and listening to some of the, um, some of his songs and I didn't under, I still didn't understand what he was saying. So I was like, man, when I get older, maybe it'll make more sense or maybe it'll sound better. And I understand what he was saying. So just to fast forward, um, I remember I, I didn't start listening to him again until I was tw- 21. That's when I started listening to him again. Now I'm going to, just so you all know, this podcast is not about me. It's about Mr. Sean Carter because today's his birthday. But I'm just going to talk about a little bit about me just so I can sh- let you all know the influence he he's had on my life and and the reason why I even started this podcast, the reason why I even I do music, the reason why I do a lot of things. Um, so I remember starting out when I was 19 years old. I was you know, in college, you know, just going to school for to be a school counselor, playing basketball on the basketball team. Um, I went to school in Irving, Texas, and that's like 15 minutes outside of outside of Dallas. And um, I used to just go to the park every night and just listen to music. Listen to music. And I told myself, man, you know, I, I feel like I can do that, you know, because at the time I wasn't rapping. I used to just write a lot of poetry. I used to just write, just write poetry, write poetry. And then I started reading my poetry. I was like, man, I'm going to figure out how to turn these poems into actual raps. You know, it took me, it took me a long time to really figure out how to do it. But, you know... I feel like, you know, with time and, you know, patience, you know, everything happens in its own, own perfect timing. So I told myself at 19, man, I'm going to drop out of college. I'm going to, you know, just really, just really try to be an artist. So at the time, I had stopped going to school. My my job, my boss had actually offered me um, to become a store manager. He told me within like six months, I can make it 100K a year. I, I I never forget this. Never forget this, man. Um, I my um my boss, he showed me the paperwork. I had signed the paperwork. He um he had gave me a couple promotions already. Signed the paperwork so I can be in training, become a store manager, and everything. And I remember one night just sitting at the late, listening to music, and I, you know, what I'm saying I, I don't know what it was, but you know, I just had a strong feeling that I, you know, I had to come back to Houston. And just, you know, build something and just really start over and really build it. Cause I was like, man, you know, I can take this store manager position, make this 100K a year, or I can just really pursue my, you know, saying my dreams and my goals. 
So fast forward, I came, I went back to my manager, told him I had to take care of some family business because I didn't want to tell him, hey, man, I'm going to turn down this $100,000 deal to, to, you know what I'm saying, try to be a rapper. You know, I, I didn't want to tell him that because it sounded stupid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It sounded stupid to me at the time. So I just told him I'd take care of family business. And so I remember came back to Houston, you know, got a job. I didn't get back in school instantly or whatnot. Then I remember being 21, I was making like 7.25 an hour working at um, um, a stock room at Diddy's Discount, just, you know, working, smoking my little weed when I got off work, had my little, had my little shots. And um, I was like, man, one day I was like, man, let me, you know what I'm saying, let me listen to, um, you know what I'm saying, some Jay-Z, you know what I'm saying, let me see. You know what I'm saying? Because I had like an iPad, um, iPad and um, his songs and his albums was on um, what well, my friend had iPad and uh, on iPad his albums was on there. So I, when I was listening to it and one of the songs, I was like, man, like, you know what I'm saying? Like this guy's crazy. You know, it's, he's pretty dope. You know, like I understand what he was saying. It took me, what, six years to really understand from 15 to 21 some of the things he was understanding and really was saying. So... Every day I get off work, I would go listen to his albums every single day and just, you know, just vibe out, smoke my weed, just listen, just learn. And then I didn't know anyone. I didn't I didn't have any connects, anything like that. So I was like, man, I got to do something. So at the time, so I decided to get back in school. So because I had wanted to have like my own little, you know, so I wanted to just learn things. So I got back in school and then... I started volunteering at this community center at, at like 22 and everything was pretty cool. You know, then I started really getting to like education and community service and, you know, kind of a little bit of learning about politics because at the community center, you know, you'll have like around when it's time for voting, a lot of the judges and mayors and people who was running for city council, they all come to the community center and talk to the people or just come, you know, so I, I really kind of got into that lifestyle of like politics and just learning. And so I kind of kind of moved away from music for a while because I was like, man, like I want to, you know, learn about this as well. So I started doing that. Then probably like probably like a year later, you know, I realized, you know, I wasn't the money that I wanted to make. I knew that going into politics and or, you know, being a school counselor wasn't going to make the money that I really wanted to make to do what I really want to do for my life. So I started thinking, like, what career can I go in where I know I can make the amount of money that can that can support and supply my, you know, saying my dreams and my goals in life? I was like, man, only career that I know that you can make millions of dollars in, and it's really just music, you know, at the time. So I was like, well, let me get back into that. You know, I always wanted to do. It. I was like, well, let me get back into it. So I would just listen to music every day, and um. I was kind of afraid because at the time when I started like listening to music and and things like that and you know it was kind of the opposite of what people who were in the political area or the political field or who were who was in education they were kind of against that you know I would go into the community center I have my little headphones on blasting loud and they'll ask me what you listening to or they'll hear what I'm listening to and they're like oh, man, why are you listening to that rap, you know, and stuff like that. Or people will ask me, you know, you know what do you want to do with your life and stuff like that. And I, and I, and I told them, man, like, hey, I, I want to be a rapper. And a lot of them, you know, people like, man, you shouldn't do that. Ain't no money in that or, you know, that's nothing but for fools. You know, you should, you know, don't waste your time on that. You know, a lot of people don't make it. It's hard to make it. You know, don't do that. Just, just go, you know what I'm saying, just stay in school, you know, graduate. We can give this job. We're going to help you find this and that. And so I kind of listened to him for a little bit, but then, you know, I started realizing, you know, like that's not what I wanted. And so I started listening to some of um, some of Jay-Z's interviews. And I remember um, listening to um, also The Reasonable Doubt. And a lot of things he was saying I, at the time, it was really resonating with my life. And I was feeling like, man, you know, if I really want to do this, you know, I got to put my whole foot forward. So, you know, me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm kind of like a nerd, you know, so I like to research and learn about every single thing, you know, sometimes. 
So I, I just kind of like started, I kind of put down everything I was doing and started really just studying his life and just listening to a lot of interviews and just little, little different things he was doing in his life or he what he'd been through. And so um, that's when I had realized, you know, if I really want to just do music, I had to put like my all into it, you know, and I, you know, and so like, that's what I did. So a lot of the political jobs that was offered to me at the time, and, you know, I had certain city councilmen who told me they could give me internships downtown, you know, things like that. But I had told them no, because I knew that, you know, music and politics, you know, you know, it does, to me, in my point of view, it doesn't go hand to hand. You know, you may have some similarities, but it doesn't go hand to hand because I feel like with music, you know, you you have a freedom of speech. You have the right to say whatever you want. Even though, you know, people don't like it or do like it, you know, you still have that right to say what you want. But when you get into politics and education, you know, everything is kind of scripted. Like, you got to be politically correct. You can't say this. You can't do that. You know, you got to, you can't move this way. And it, it, it was, I felt very controlled, you know. And I, I'm naturally a person who don't like feeling like he's being controlled. So, so I kind of like went against the, I kind of went against, excuse me, went against the grain. So I turned down a lot of those opportunities and I was just telling them no. And I also told them no because I felt like they was being disrespectful, you know. So, so they didn't really give me, um, I feel like a good example, you know, they will always talk down on rappers and music and how, you know, you know, they'll say a lot of little crazy shit, you know, which was fucking outlandish to me, you know, when I look back on it, but that was just their point of view and how they felt, you know, it was really kind of jealousy or hate or whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, so I'm 23 years old, turned down these opportunities, then my uncle, now, he has like a nonprofit organization, and so I started working with him. And you know, his organization is a really, you know, big time organization, and it's Houston and kind of to uh, like around the world. You know, he does amazing things. You know, they they travel around the world. They they go to the White House. You know, they it's it's so much that they do. So I, I was really working with my uncle every single day. You know, and listen to my uncle, and then. I remember, um, you know, working with kids and mentoring them. And um, I remember uh, one day I had told my uncle, man, you know, I want to be a rapper. And my uncle was like, what? I was like, man, I want to be a rapper. He was like, for real? I was like, yeah. He was like, man, why you want to do that? He said, man, I'm going to give you this organization in a couple of years. You know, once you graduate college, get your master's degree, like all this is going to be yours. You're going to be able to do whatever you want with it, you know. It was like like he told basically was telling me like you know don't don't get into the music and rap you know go ahead and just finish your school and you know run this organization and you're gonna make this my money and you're gonna be able to take kids to the White House take kids here and do this and do that and you know I was like man all right you know so I had to just stop stop listening to Jay Z and stop listening to music and kind of got back focused but then you know. It was just something about it, you know, like music that just drives me, you know, because when I was doing mentoring, you know, I had to, you know, you know, you can't really say certain things around kids because, you know, like you run an organization, you know, you can't curse around kids. You can't speak or you can speak on certain topics, but you can, so this is only a limit of, of where you can go when you're speaking to kids on certain topics. So... And at the time, I, you know, me, me, like, even though I'm a nerd, you know, I always looked up to, you know, the guys on the block and, and things like that. You know, I'm not glorifying, you know, drug dealers or, you know, t promoting, you know, kids to go and sell drugs. But it was just the fact that, you know, I feel like these guys, you know, were brave enough and risked their lives every single day, either going to jail or dying just so they can provide for their families. And I feel like that's a, a certain strength that, you know, I feel like I didn't have at the time, you know, and I feel like I, I wanted it. I didn't want to be a drug dealer, but I wanted that strength to know, like, man, I'm going to go out here every single day and do what I have to do. Even if I die, I go to jail. I'm going to go out there every single day and do what I have to do for myself and my family. So I remember um, going back and telling uncle again, man, like, I think this is what I want to do. And my uncle, I remember it's crazy. Like, this this is the craziest thing. And I, I think that, you know, this was like the 
the God ordained moment and within my own mind that really pushed me forward to do what I wanted to do. I remember telling my uncle for the second time, man, I really want to do this. And my uncle, I looked at him like a father. So I was telling him because I wanted him to say, man, go and do it. I believe in you, you know. So I, I was looking for that, that confidence and that, and that validation in him. And uh, he was I remember him telling me, um, how are you going to do this? You know, like, you don't know anyone. Like, how are you going to, you know, rap? How are you going to sell these records? Like, no one knows you. Like, how, like, how are you going to do this? And, and when he told me that, and I, I felt it. I was like, man, he's right. So I remember going home, you know, and it's crazy. I had I had um, listened to uh, one of um, one one of Mr. Carter's interviews, and he um, I think it was on Instagram or it was on an interview on YouTube, and he was saying how his uncle had told him that you know he'll never sell a million records, and he was like he sold a million records a million times, and it, and, it, and it hit me in my mind. I was like, man, like I just told my uncle the same thing. You know, so at that moment, I was like, man, I got to do this. You know, like, you know, like I, I, done, I didn't know anyone. I never been on stage, never performed. I'm, I wasn't the club person who was in the clubs all the time. I wasn't even around none of that. But I just knew, like, man, if this guy, uncle, told him the same thing, you know, and he went against what his uncle told him and, and believed in himself, why can't I do it? You know, so I decided to go ahead and, and do it. You know, so, so... Fast forward, um, I started just really just learning everything about music, you know, learning how the beats go, learning how to rap. And um, I remember at the time, I wouldn't listen to no artists. I would only listen to um, to, um, to Jay-Z just so I can see how his mentality was, how he approached art, how he approached different things. And at the time, when um when I listen to his raps, I would only listen to like really reason to doubt. And at the time, I, I really just thought, oh, you know, this guy, you know, just uh, in my own mind, you know, just being honest and ignorant at the time, I just thought, man, oh, you know, here's this guy, you know, he made million dollars, you know, used to be used to be in the streets doing what he did, you know, and things like that. So, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I'm not I'm not a street guy, but you know, maybe I can learn some gems and. And, you know, and, and move forward. And so um, I remember me, I started like rapping on Instagram. And, you know, um, I remember I started, I, I said a curse where I started cursing, you know, because, you know, I feel like with rap, you know, it, it, it felt good because when I was around the kids and around educational people, I, could, I had to censor myself. But when I started rapping, I, it felt free. Like I, I can say what I want. And then not worry about someone saying, oh, you're fired because you said this, you know. I feel like with music, no one can fire you, you know. Like, it's a part of it, you know, the, the curse words, the, you know what I'm saying, the language, the the content, all that's a part of it. So I remember me put posting something on, on Instagram or Facebook, and I was rapping. I said a couple curse words, and I remember me going down to, um, to one of my uncle's meetings with, with his mentor and kids, and I saw... I guess, you know, some of the parents must have saw it and, and, and like they wouldn't speak to me and they started looking at me funny and, and I walked in. My uncle looked at me and gave me a look like, you know better than to be cursing on social media. You know better. Like, we don't do that here. He just gave me a look. He didn't say it, but I just felt it. And um and, and, and then some of the kids, you know, I tried to speak to them and they were kind of like, wouldn't really talk to me. I, I, and I guess looking back on it, I, I'm pretty sure their parents told them, hey, don't talk to him. I, I, it's it's funny. Just a little side note. I remember, um, Uncle said this thing where, you know, he was going to sign certain kids to um, certain mentors, and I remember a couple of parents was, you know, um, some of their kids was um was like, oh, I want Daniel to mentor me, and then their parents were like, no, 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 this this guy gonna mentor you. This guy gonna mentor you. I don't want my kid being mentored by him, which I understand, you know. I was mad at the moment, but understand, like, you know, you can't, you know, you can't force people, kids to listen to you, you know, or whatnot. So, so I was like, all right. So then I went home and I, I went home and I decided, man, either, either I'm going to really do, do my all in this rap music or I'm going to just sit there and, and really take over my uncle organization. But I knew I couldn't do both.
I just knew I couldn't do both because I knew if I did music, I knew I was going to be uncut. I was going to be raw. I was going to say what I want to say, how I said it. Nobody was going to control what I said or what I talked about. So, you know, that's why I also, you know, thank you. know, So I'm glad I listened to him because, you know, when I sit there and I start studying his life, I start thinking, man, like, okay, this guy, you know, it's, you know, at the time, you know, fast forward, I'm like 25 years old. And I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, should I make this decision? I'm 25. I'm, nobody know me. I don't you know. I've never been in the studio or anything like that. You know, I'm maybe I'm too old to even be doing rap. Because, you know, most people, you know, when they get into the music industry or, or, or they really pop off, they probably like 19, 20, 21, 22. They're kind of young. You know, but then when I um, found, when I started doing some research, research on Mr. Carter, and I saw that he was 26 when he first, Probably his first album, I was like, man, like I'm 25 years old. And I started thinking, man, this guy started, he was 26. I was like, and like, look at where he's at now. So I was like, man, maybe I can do the same thing, you know, and just kind of like building my faith and building my confidence and not listening to what people were saying, like, oh, you're too old to be doing this. Like, what are you really doing out here? I remember having certain family was actually saying that to me, like, you're too old to be trying to be a rapper. I remember my grandmother told me that, like, you're too old to be trying to be a rapper. You need to let go of that, that, that childhood dream and go get you a real job and finish school, you know? And I know she didn't mean anything by it. I know she just wanted the best for her grandson and just wanted me to have the best life possible. But I'm so happy, you know, that I didn't listen to it. And I really just kept just standing tuned to what he was doing. So that also gave me confidence to, to just keep going. And, um... So it's just fast for a little bit, a little bit on the time. Um, I went to go tell my uncle, hey, um, this is what I'm going to do. And I told my uncle, um, I'm not going to be coming down here anymore because I'm going to really do this music thing. I'm going to really be saying, saying what I want to say. And I know this is against everything that kind of in a sense what you're teaching in a sense, you know, to these kids. And my uncle's like, man, why you want to give up everything that, you know, I'm building for you? Why you want to give up this organization, you know, just to try to pursue something that you might not even make it in? He was like, you know, this is guaranteed. But I just told him, like, I had a feeling that, you know, I can really do this. And at the time, I didn't even know how to rap. I didn't even know how to formulate a bar. I didn't even know what that was. I just knew that I really knew how to write. You know, I used to write a lot. And so um, I remember listening to an interview one day. And um, and he and Mr. Carter was saying how you know how, how he never write his rhymes, how he just you know spits them off the top of his mind. And I thought, man, like how does he do that? You know, like you know, I never heard you know. So I know people freestyle, but to sit there to never write and put out all these albums and you know they all off the top of your mind. And I would write interviews and I and um. And I hear certain people say how, you know, and testify to that, how they'll be in the studio with him and he'll they'll put the beat on and he'll go in there and just listen to it and he'll just spit on top of his head or or how he will or how or, or how he will know how to memorize a whole verse in his mind and just spit that whole verse out. You know, that was really amazing to me, you know. So so I told myself, well, man, if 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 I want to be great like that, you know, I need to learn how to not write. You know, I need to learn how to just, you know, speak from my heart and just tell my own story. So that's what I started doing. I would just put on music and I would just practice just rhyming out loud. And at first, you know, I didn't sound too good. And but I just told myself, man, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. So that's what I, did. I just kept going and kept going. And then, um. Then when I got deeper into it, I started seeing, I started studying more about his life. And I started saying, you know, you know this guy is really more than, you know, a rapper and an artist. You know, like I realized how, you know, his first half of his career, you know, if you really, like for me, if you really look at it, you know, he goes from, you know, being, you know, being in the streets, you know, doing, doing what he had to do, talk about the things he talked about. Then at a certain point in his career, you know, he kind of transformed into, you know, like this businessman who talked about 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 business instead of like just street things. He still talked about the streets, but he was more talked about the things he he was learning in business in corporate America. And and I and I told myself, you know, like it really shocked me. I said, man, like 
it, you know, that's what I want to do. You know, it gave me inspiration to know to say that, hey, you know, I don't have to always talk about, you know, fucking this bitch and, you know, slanging this dope and, you know, this shorty got a fat ass and things like that. I can also talk about things with, you know, that matters to people that can change people's lives. You know, I can talk about, you know, you know, capital. I can talk about credit. I can talk about, you know, you know, your your, your family and how you feel and the things you experience and, and and still be successful. And so that was really inspiring to me. Um, and then I remember though another another thing that really inspired me um, was that um, I listened to one of his interviews and he said um, how before he created Title, I think it was Apple or he was one of these um, music streaming companies had offered him, you know, a lot of money, you know, to, I guess, partner with him or whatnot. And I remember him, uh, he's saying how he turned that down. And he said, and he said, um, when he was telling people, you know, I guess asking about advice about, you know, what, you know, I know what you should do. They were saying, man, take the deal. You know, that's a, that's a lot of money. It's like a zillion dollars that you can have, you know, like, why are you passing this up? You're never going to get this opportunity, you know, and, you know, he never had his own streaming platform. He didn't know, you know, what, how to do it. He'd never done it before. But for some reason, he chose to, like, bet on himself, you know. And I, and that that inspired me, too, at the same time because, you know, I had, this, you know, because I, 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 at the time, um, I was still, I was still kind of with my uncle, but I had kind of, I wasn't really with him in a sense. You know, I was still working with him, but I had stepped away a lot. But I was still going to the community center, things like that. And I was like, man, I want to open up my own community center. I want to open up, have my own um, mentoring program where I mentor kids. And I was like, man, you know, I don't know nothing about it. But I was like, man, if this guy here, you know, turned down like a zillion dollars to on his own streaming platform, and he better on himself, you know, why can't I do the same thing? I, you know, I'm not getting, I wasn't even getting offered a zillion dollars, you know, but if he's turned down all that money to, to believe in himself, why can't I turn down these little offers to, to really try to start my own and just find my own way. And so that's, that's why another reason why, you know, I think he's, he, he has such a great influence on my life. Because, you know, it, um, it, it really taught me that, you know, even though you may not know how to do something or or even though a person may, you know, offer you a check, you know, you know, it really don't matter if, you know, you do, if you don't have full control over that. It really, you know, sometimes it does, doesn't matter if, you know, you're not really controlling what's going on inside your business. So so I decided to turn that down. You know, you know, at the time, I thought I was crazy, you know, to turn down my uncle organization. I thought it was crazy to kind of walk away from the community. I, I thought I was crazy. I remember people telling me, man, like, why are you doing that? Like, you know, saying like you have all these things right here in front of you. Like, why are you walking away from it? And um, I didn't explain it to people because I feel like at the time, my friends, my family, I feel like they wouldn't understand, you know, because, you know, you know, they wouldn't, I feel like they, they wouldn't understand me, you know, so I didn't really try to explain to them. I just kept quiet and just like, man, I'm just going to bet on myself and just do it myself. And so, um, and so, you know, that's what I did. Um, um, I, I remember, I remember every day I would go home and just listen to some of his interviews, listen, I listen to the same interviews over and over and over again. And like each time it would be something I missed. I pick up on the next time. I'm like, oh man, I didn't see that in the last time. I'll just write it down, jot down the notes, and just, you know, just keep, you know, like really keep paying attention to, you know, everything he was like really teaching. And um, and then I think that you know the more I really got in tune with the with music into into his life when he was doing, the more I saw that, you know, his you know his whole um, like a blueprint of a different way to live and a different way to be successful, you know, especially if you was a, you know, you're a guy in the streets and, you know, you, you live in that life. I remember him saying how, um, you know, being in the streets is only two, you know, two ways you can go. Either you can either, you're going to be in jail or you're going to die. You know, it's no other way in between that, you know? And I was like, man, you know, 
I don't want to, you know, live that type of life. So, so I was like, man, I got to find a way how to do this. And so, you know, I started just having faith. I started posting little videos and on Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, at first nobody wasn't really, you know, liking it or anything like that. You know, when I first started, um, you know, I didn't create my Instagram really till I was like 21, 22. I wasn't really into social media, you know. I'm still really not into social media, honestly. You know, I just do it because I know, you know, that's what our culture is about right now, you know, social media. And that's what people are really on. That's what people, it's like their lives in a sense. So, I remember we just made my first little Instagram account, you know, no, you know, then probably like a year later, I started, I started posting videos and I remember um, one of my videos had got like 500 views in like one day. And I was like, damn, you know, like, okay. Then I said, well, let me see some. So I wait, I wait like probably like a couple of days later, I post another video and like two days later, they got like four, 500 views. So I was like, all right, you know, so I was like, okay, okay, okay. I guess people really are watching what I'm saying. And so then, um, so then I sat back and um, I waited like a couple of months, didn't post nothing on, on social media or Facebook. Then I posted another video. Then like three days later, they got like four, 500 views. Then some guy, um, some guy had um, um, messaged me on Facebook and he was like, hey, you know, I see, you know, I seen some of your content that you've been posting. Um, I would like for you to join our company. You know, this is how you do it. You know, we're going to, you know, give you this amount of money and, you know, and we, um, but we get a certain percentage of it and things like that. And then, so I said, okay, then I gave my email and we was emailing and things like that. Then, so I, I remember, you know, at the same time, I still listened to, you know, his interviews and things like that. I remember one interview um, I was watching and he stated how, um, how, you know, you never should let anyone rush you into doing anything. You know, like never let someone rush you. Like if you feel like, you know, this not the time for you to do something, you don't do it. If you feel like this this is the time to do something, then you do do it, you know. And so when um the guy was me and the guy um uh, was emailing each other, um, I was like, Man, I don't know if I should do this, you know, 'cause you know, the cons 'cause like what the guy wanted me to do was, you know, he was really talking about um like insp like um inspiration and, you know, like how you overcome life challenges and obstacles and things like that. And he had like a webinar and, you know, and you had to sign up and that's how you got your money and things like that. And so I was like, man, I started thinking like, man, the, all the past videos that I've been posting was mostly about how I overcame my life issues and my life challenges and how you, you know, you and how to motivate, each, you know, yourself, motivate others and things like that. And I, and I was thinking, man, like the same thing this guy it's all for me to do, I'm doing right now. And I was like, man, should I take this deal or should I just, you know, basically like do it myself, you know? But I was like, man, like if I do it myself, I'm not going to get no money for it right now. You know, I'm going to keep just doing things for free. I said, but if I join his company, then, you know, yeah, he's going to get a certain percentage off my content, but at least I get money now. So I just waited and the guy kept emailing me back like, man, I need to know now. I need to know now before I launch this public and I you know, tell the world, you know what I'm saying, about his, he was like, before you tell the world, you know, about his company and things like that, he was like, join on board, come on board, come on board. And I just kept telling him, I need time, I need time, I need time. Then, then, um, it's, this is, this is funny how it works. So I was just listening to, you know, one day listen to the reasonable doubt. And I was like, man, I feel like, you know, I should just do this myself, man. Like, you know, like, why should I give you my content with your company and you're going to make the money, you're going to make so much money off me and you only give me like probably nickels and dimes of what I'm supposed to make. And, and you, you know, you're just sitting back, you know, all the money I thought, but what if I do this myself? And so, uh, I think like a couple days later, the guy emailed me and said, oh, I need a decision by tomorrow. So the next day came and he was like, you know, what are you going to do? And I told him, man, I, um, I really don't know. Then I remember him emailing me back and, you know, he said something very, very rude, you know, something that was kind of disrespectful. Um, he basically said, um, um, I regret um, telling you 
about my program. I, don't, I, I have a great lady, you know. I wish I never would have emailed you. I wish I would have this and that. And I was just like, man, like, damn, like you, you, you sitting around on social media telling people, you know, about how, how you know they should believe in God and they, you know, inspiration and love is the way and all these things. But just because you know I'm a young kid and I'm saying I need time to figure out if I want to give you my content because I knew what I'm offering. I was seeing. You know, I didn't I wasn't even posting every single day and making videos like other people on Instagram or Facebook. But when I did post it's getting four five hundred views in one day. So I'm thinking, man, if I did it consistently every single day, you know, I I probably have more viewers than you. You know what I'm saying? So when he sent me the email, I just didn't reply back. You know, I just kept the email and I saved it. Now and I remember telling myself, you know, one day, you know what I'm saying, like I'm gonna I'm going to pop off, and when I pop off, you know, I'm going to email this guy back and say, you know, look at me now. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny, um, and I feel like, you know, I wouldn't have done that if, you know, you know, Mr. Carter didn't do it for himself. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it took, I feel like sometimes it take, you know, it take for you to see other people to to really do it and achieve it and make it for you to have that confidence and like belief in yourself. So. That's another reason why, you know, I'm I'm making this, you know, my um making this podcast now, you know, um this year, you know, I feel like, you know, it was um a couple opportunities that, you know, I could have had where I could have I feel like I could have made money, you know, and 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 signed and signed deals and and did certain things and I would have been in a different, totally different place. I wouldn't have to be starting from the bottom, from the bottom, and really build my way up to the top, you know. But even when I was thinking about making these decisions, it was like I was still every time I would listen to his music or listen to Mr. Carter interviews, it's like something would just tell me, like you know, like you can either sit there and give yourself away and. They can make millions and dollars off you and you only get a certain amount of percentage or you can build this thing yourself and you can get 100% of the revenue yourself. And, and, you know, you don't have to listen to anyone. You can do what you want. You know, you don't have to sit there and go to your label or go to the company you with and, you know, and then them tell and them tell you, oh, you know, you can't say this on a podcast because our company doesn't represent this or, oh, I didn't, or, 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 oh, Daniel, you're being too black right now. Calm down. You know, I, I, I didn't want to hear that, you know, because I feel like there's no such thing as being too black. Even though I know people, will, people you know, they may not say that directly, but, you know, you, sometimes you have to read between the lines of what they're really saying. And so, you know, that's why I really just turned the deals down. I said, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to do this. You know, and it was hard. You know what I'm saying? It was plenty of times I would sit up at night, you know, and I was like, shed tears. And it wasn't tears of pain. It was tears of frustration because it was like, man, like I'm turning down all these amazing opportunities to really bet on myself that I can do this myself. And, it, and I, I was frustrated because it was a battle to really, you know, somebody offer you a, a, a lot of money to do something. And you never seen this much amount of money in your life. Never. But you turned it down and say, you know what, I can do this myself, and it, it was it was heartbreaking because I I was like, man, what if I don't make it? You know, what if I never get the opportunity again? What if this don't happen? But once again, you know, because I I I was studying this guy's life and I was paying attention to everything you know he was doing, and I remember some of the things he was saying. How you know people was telling him he was too old, and you know, I remember when um one interview um. I saw um, he said how when he his album Reason Doubt first came out, like none of the record labels wanted wanted to deal with him. They all turned him down. They was like, man, this is not rap. This is not, you know, like no one's going to play this on the radio. No one's going to, you know, no one's going to listen to this. And and right there, you know, he could have said, OK, and just went back to the streets. But, you know, he, you know, he, he you know, um, he didn't. You know, he just decided to do it himself. You know, he, he started his own clothing line. You know, he started his own brand. And I, at the same time, I'm thinking, man, I'm 26 years old. And, and you know, why can't I not do it? You know, what's the difference, you know? And so um, and so that was really inspiring to me. And I feel like um, if he would have, at the age of 26, when 
all the record labels told him, no, like, we don't want you. We don't want to work with you. You know, go back to the streets. I feel like if he would have listened to them and he would have never did what he did now um, at my young age at 26 years old, when I got those offers, I would have took those offers. You know what I'm saying? I would have gave myself away for basically pennies of what I'm really worth. But because he didn't do it, he gave me strength and I do it as well. And so today now, instead of me joining a, a company where they have their podcast already set up and they have everything set up for you, you know, um, I'm doing my own. You know, I'm 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 going to school for um, audio so I can learn how to really mix and match the music so I can learn how to do production so I can real really build my own production company so I don't have to go to some somebody's company and they tell me, oh, damn, you curse too much or, oh, you know what I'm saying, you're too, you're too reckless with your content. You can't talk about that or go to someone else's company who's going to sit there and tell you, oh, Daniel, you need to, you know, you know, who, you know, because some of these, you know, you know, some of these, like, you know, some of these companies, even black companies, you know, they'll sit there like me, you know, like when I rap, I use the word nigga a lot, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, some some of these companies, you know, they, you know, even black companies, they don't want you using the N-word. They feel like um, because in 1960s, you know, when white people used to, you know, call, you know, you know, it's and even further back before the 60s, you know, they used to call black people niggers and niggers and stuff like that. And they feel like, oh, because you use the N-word, that's, you know, given, you know, you know, um, you know, white people the reason to call us niggers, which is fucking stupid and silly as fuck to even think that. Like, that's dumb shit. So it also gave me the strength for him to sit there and see him sit there and, and tell other black people who, who would tell him, hey, like, I don't want you using the word nigger no more and things like that. In the time, and around that time, the people, you know, who was doing it, they they probably had, you know, they probably had more money than him him at that time when they was telling him that, but he was still on some, I don't care, because nigga, I made it regardless, so I really don't care what you say. And now, you know, years later, you know, it's like he's making more money than, than them. So what do they have to say now? So when I look at my own life and people, like even my own family, you know, I, you know, I remember recently one of my cousins told me, um, I had, I think I had used a curse word on one of my posts on Instagram. He was like, language. And I was like, what you mean, language? Like, nigga, I say, I say, I say what the fuck I want. Like, a word is a word. How you interpret it, how you feel about it is all on you. Like, that has nothing to do with me. You're not going to control me. You're not going to censor me. You're not going to make me feel like I have to be caged into this little box uh, to make you feel comfortable around me. If you, you don't feel comfortable around me, you can get the fuck away from me. Like, period. Like, that, that's, that's how I live my life. Because I saw this guy who lived, you know, he's still blessed and still have, you know, a beautiful family and a beautiful life. And, you know, he, he, he you know, he made it out and and, and, he, and he doesn't, you know, like he doesn't judge other young men for doing the things he do. You know, he's, I remember hearing one of his interviews, he said the same thing, like, you know, he done a lot of dumb shit in his life. And that's why when his music, he talks about all the dumb shit he done in his life or things he done. So other young men who don't have, they, they, they don't have to go through the same things. And I feel like, you know, a lot of, uh, especially in the African-American African community, when, you know, a certain African-American make it out, you know, out of private, you know, and they get money or, you know, they get a little status, you know, they feel like, feel like they got to clean their image up and, and things like that. And then like, then they really don't really tell the truth about themselves. They only show what they want what they want you to see so they can keep their stats so they can keep their money. But here's a guy who say, fuck all that, man. I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm going to keep it raw and real. And, you know, and you can take it how you want. And, you know, nothing's going to stop him. So, you know, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, over this year I didn't take those deals. You know, I didn't sit there and give my all, all myself and my content away. You know, all things I really can do, you know, just for a little bit of change compared to what I really can make by doing it on my own, you know, so I'm just, I'm very grateful, you know, for this man, for all the things he has taught me, just through his music, you know, you know, it's just been a great life, you know, just, you know, learning from him, you know, even till today, I still sometimes listen to the same songs over and over, because it's like every single time, I feel like I, 
I learn something new or, 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 or I, 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 I hear something that I didn't hear the first time. You know, it's just, and it's, I feel like it's just, some, it's just really amazing. You know, and so, you know, I just want to just do this, you know, because I feel like um, it's nothing but faith. You know what I'm saying? It's really nothing but faith, man. Nothing but faith. And I'm just very grateful, you know, to have been able to listen to this guy and just hear everything he's saying, you know. You know, it's just been a wonderful journey for me. It really has. And um, as I, you know, first to, you know, close out, you know, I'm just, I'm just very grateful, man. And so, um, the name of my podcast is called The Butterfly Fit, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, after this, um, I told myself at the beginning of the year, because like at the beginning of the year, that's when, you know, people start, I started noticing, I started getting different offers, you know what I'm saying, from different entertainment companies, I started getting offers from different like political companies and things like that. And I turned those, I turned those opportunities down because I said, you know, you know, I, I want to do this myself. You know, I saw this guy do it. You know, why can't I do the same thing? And so um, I told myself I was going to give myself a year to really get my mind right and get everything, my, really just get my mental right and just emotionally cleanse myself, you know, from all the things that, you know, what's been going on. And so now, and like I, I told myself in 2020, is going to be the year where I'm going to do everything on my own. I'm going to just put my all into it, you know. And don't worry about, you know, what people say and the chitter chatter, like, because at, at the end of the day, it's all just nonsense sometimes, you know. So, you know, I just want to just post this. I want to make this, you know, on, on his birthday as a um, my own little personal birthday gift, you know, because, you know, I don't know the guy, but he has had a great impact on my life, you know, in a major way. And um, I wouldn't. When I look back on it now, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change nothing. I would do everything the exact same way. I wouldn't change nothing because it really made me the the person I am. You know, you know. I feel like this, you know, like he's like um, he's so much more than you know just a rapper or a black guy who's made out the hood who has money. He's he's so much more than that. He he talks about more than that. You know, he t- you know, and this. And most rappers, you know, that's all that they really talk about is money, cars, jewelry, hoes. You know, that's all they talk about, you know. But here's this guy who talks about so much more, you know. So I just, I'm just really thankful to, just thankful to have lived in, in this time where I can not just have, you know, just read about it, but actually see it and, and see with my own eyes the things he's done, you know. And I'm just very grateful and I just thank you for all you've done. And I want to tell you, thank you, Mr. Sean Carter, for just being the best person that you are. And thank you for all for all of you showing me, you know, and just continue to just keep doing what you do, even when people say things, you know. And I suppose that's one thing that um, um I'm learning next from him is that, you know, you know, people say little things because of certain business deals he do or certain decisions he make. And I realize I never I never see him retaliate i never see him make a public post or go on instagram or facebook you know or social media and go on a rant i never see him do any of those things it's like i don't know how he do that me when people say certain things about me i'm quickly like what you say like no 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 no. let me address this but he doesn't do that he just keep doing what he do i guess for whatever reason that's something that i guess i'm learning next from watching him from afar so just thank you and just continue to be strong and just know that you know that you are loved for all the things you do. And happy birthday, Mr. Sean Carter. Thank you. Welcome to your room. Um, um.